Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Smack of the bat. Welcome to No Bunts, the podcast for the casual baseball fan here on the Athletic Baseball Show. I'm Taz Mellis in studio in Atlanta, and with me is super producer JD. Hello. Hi, JD. And with us all season long, coming from Taiwan, it's Joel McMillan. Joel in Taiwan, but a new baseball stadium behind <laughs> you as you bring us a new stadium every week. Where are you, Joel? Pass were south of you, very far south of you. Very in Atlanta. Very far south. It does it? It looks like the old Marlins Stadium. Is that right? Tass, you would be correct. It's Pro Player Stadium in Miami. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's quite bright. Uh, I, it is. I, I do got to say that Lone Depot Park now is superior. Am I correct in saying that? It's hard for me to judge because I haven't been to either one. Wow. But, uh, yeah, Pro Player Stadium is just so ugly and gaudy as a baseball <laughs> stadium. But I, I like it just because, yeah, the empty seats and it's so bright and orange. Yeah, it's like, eh, let's mix it up. Let's go Pro Player. Thank you. I, I appreciate you mixing it up every single week here on the show. You can watch us and see Joel Stadium on the Athletic Baseball Show on YouTube every Wednesday. Let's get to some uh, quick podcast business here. We got to do what we got to do. Before we jump in, I want to tell you about New York Times Audio, a new iOS app for New York Times news subscribers. It's got our show, plus other great podcasts from The Athletic, exclusive shows, narrated articles, and more. New York Times Audio, download it now at nytimes.com/audioapp. nytimes.com/audioapp. All right, done with that. Coming up on this program, Joel, we've got a great one. We're past the quarter mark of the season, so we'll hand out some grades to teams. We are recasting the TV show Succession with baseball figures because we're so excited for the series finale (laughs) coming up (laughs) this weekend. Series and season finale. It's sad. It's sad. Uh, But we'll pay a little ode to it a little bit later on. But first, as we often do, the five best things in baseball this week. All right, baby. I'm keeping it local with this first one because I'm excited to watch this guy. Game in and game out. Ronald Acuna is officially back. That injury way in the rear view. This guy is just so exciting to watch. I don't know if you saw on Monday, Joel, Acuna was on first base. Matt Olson walks behind him, and Acuna's going to second. You know, standard stuff, but he sees a third baseman. Max Muncy kind of have his back turned, so he just scoots to third base just like that, just steals a base. That's what he's been doing all season long. 20 stolen bases. He's first in the NL, just doesn't stop stealing bases. We talked about him being a 40-40 guy, potential guy. Unfortunately, he's not on pace for that, but he's on pace for well above 60 stolen bases. Here are his National League ranks. Second in hits, first in runs, first in average, first in on-base percentage, first in OPS. And this one's for you, Joel, tied for first in war. Uh, he is nice. he is kicking ass, 2.9 there. He could have the best season for a leadoff hitter of all time. He's on pace to set a bunch of records uh, for leadoff hitters. It's a different type of uh, baseball now with uh, uh, a different mentality with managers putting Mm -hmm. guys who can uh, really, really hit uh, up in the leadoff hole. So he is not on pace for a 40-40 season. It's just hard to do, only four all-time. But he's my favorite player to watch right now. Uh, From you, from Taiwan, from uh, Pro Player Stadium there, uh, has he been that exciting to you as well? 
Well, Tass, you've seen a lot more of him than I do. We don't get the uh, TBS Superstation here in Taiwan, unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> I have seen the highlights. And uh, yeah, Tass, I mean, you know, you pretty much nailed all of it. I mean, he's all those things you said. He's uh, he's an exciting player. He's a dynamic player. He's healthy. Uh, he looks great uh, in right field in terms of, it. you know, it's taking some pressure off his body. But Tass, just to kind of, you know, get into something slightly negative about Acuna. There was an interesting thread about him on Twitter the other day. Uh, Andrea at Scout Girl Report, I guess she's got a pretty big account there on Twitter, and she was basically making a case that Acuna is a subpar defender. Now she used metrics and stat cast information and, you know, video of, of him, like, positioning, getting jumps on ball, but basically his defensive kind of, presence and his defensive stats are not that good now that being said I don't think that takes away anything from the season he's having Tass in my opinion he's the early MVP candidate or MVP winner of the National League so far Um, but he definitely is not a great defender but Tass he just does so much at the plate and on the base pass that I think like any subpar defense is negated by how good he is offensively wow I gotta say somebody who doesn't really look at defensive metrics, uh, just strictly the eye test, that he usually passes it considering he's in right field and there's just less of a responsibility since Mm -hmm. Michael Harris uh, moved into center field. And they've allowed Acuna to go to right, especially, as you said, taking the pressure off the legs. I thought he he was totally fine out there. Uh, He's got the arm, but, uh, yeah, maybe he's got some positioning uh, to learn a little bit. Uh, And... Yeah, the fact that he is an everyday player out there, mm-hmm. I think it's part of his MVP candidacy. Um, so, hmm, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, uh, maybe I thought he's he's not. Yeah, he's not a he's not. By no means is he a bad defender. He's just he's basically a, a an average defender. And this uh, Andrea on her like w- when she kind of concluded this whole you know thread of tweets. She basically said that he's content to basically be kind of an average defender. And she took a bit of heat for that. You know, you can make your own conclusions. But, you know, yeah, he's not you don't really see him making the highlight plays or the highlight catches. I mean, he does have a good arm. His arm does grade well defensively. But, yeah, you know, like in terms of eye tests, you don't really see him making great defensive plays. All right. I appreciate that. I appreciate the other side. I I appreciate the. uh the report on the scout report uh, from you checking that out. Uh, He obviously, um, yeah, is feeling a lot better and my favorite player to watch. Now let's get to the guy that you called the slickest player to watch in baseball. Number two, Trey Turner. Unfortunately, after that great WBC has not started well, Joel, is Trey Turner's slow start with the Phillies a cause for concern? I don't think so. You know, I think it's magnified tasks for a couple of reasons. One, Philadelphia is coming off that great, you know, magical run they had last year. Expectations were very high going into the season. You know, they went out and signed Turner to a massive deal. He did have a great World Baseball Classic. So I think there were a lot of expectations, not only him, but on Philadelphia. They've started slow. He started slow. So things are magnified. But Tass, just a bit of context here to kind of, you know, show how bad he has started in six games in the world baseball classic. He hit five home runs in 46 games so far this year. He's only hit four home runs. He has 11 RBIs this year. Uh, He had 11 RBIs in the world baseball classic and he hit 391 in the classic and he's only hitting 256 now. Now, That's a small sample size. It was only six games. I understand you can't really draw anything from that. But I mean, yeah, he had a monster, you know, uh, tournament and he's just gotten off to a slow start. But I'm not concerned about him. I just think he's just off to a slow start. And even he said himself, he did an interview the other day and he owned it. And he basically said, you know, like I've sucked um, and he's not shying away from it. And I respect that a guy who, you know, has accountability and owns it. So I think the Phillies will be fine. I, I think he'll be fine. It's just a slow start. It just looks bad with the optics. So are you still considering him the slickest player or is he the sickest player now, now in a negative, <laughs> uh, now in a negative way, or is he still slick to you? 
He's still slick, Taz. You got to stick with him. Good times and bad. Yeah, he's still slick. I'm I'm not worried about him. He's still my boy. Yeah, we're still before June first here when that's sort of the uh, the the faux line when everything really starts to mean everything uh, in mm-hmm. Major League Baseball. But it has been a bad run. Uh, Monday he oh, had, for sure. had his first hit with runners in scoring position in over a month. Uh, so an O for twenty two slide. And uh, another guy who hits leadoff for the Phils as they kind of switch it up, Kyle Schwarber. Um, he has struggled too. So, yeah, there's there's some struggling going on uh, in Philadelphia, but not too far back. I, guess, I say that, but, I mean, it, it's a tough NL West. They're seven back of the Braves, but they have the Mets and Marlins uh, in between them. Uh, Marlins yeah, doing some work there uh, down in Miami. All right, moving on to the next one here, Trey. Or Trey. I called you Trey. I'm sitting in Trey's seat, <laughs> our, his normal no-dunks seat. He's got it a little lower because he's a big man. So I thought of Trey there mm-hmm. for a sec. You're not Trey. Okay. Joel, you got what you wanted. The Yankees DFA'd Aaron Hicks. They designated him for assignment. You've been wondering why they hadn't done that because he's been he's been subpar uh, to start the season. Now there's a little chatter. I saw Chris Kirshner of The Athletic write about this. Is Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson the next guy to get dfa joel yeah task the hicks thing yeah i mean that was a long time coming he hasn't been subpar just this year he's been a below league average player since 2021 so this was kind of a long time coming i can understand why the yankees gave him more rope because they had a lot of money tied into him um is josh donaldson next that's an interesting kind of proposition i've heard and seen the same things I'm going to say no for the time being, just because he's only played five games this year. He was a lightning rod, uh, you know, for fans last year. He just seemed to bear the brunt of, you know, the frustration, and the anger, all the fans. He was awful in the playoffs. But Tess, I will say this. He's still an elite defender. Uh, I still feel he's a productive player. He's not what he once was. Um, but I think the Yankees obviously have high expectations going into the season and losing Donaldson, like I was looking, I was reading about this earlier, Tess. Even if they cut Donaldson, who's going to replace him? They don't have any internal options. There's so many teams that are still in it or are probably going to be relatively in it come the trade deadline. So there's not really going to be a lot of, you know, options in the trade market, I feel. I feel like with Donaldson, it's better to kind of go with the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Kiner Falefa is a utility player they kind of move him around the diamond oswaldo cabrera another utility guy they're playing lemay at third right now but you know again another utility guy i think donaldson stays like this is the last year of his deal he's a veteran guy i think he i mean i like donaldson i i want to believe that he can turn it around but i think for the time being the yankees are still going to give him an opportunity to go out there and be an everyday player and and boone you know, uh, said that uh, the other day amidst, you know, some things that Donaldson supposedly said about, you know, he wasn't sure if the Yankees were going to let him come back. He kind of make an offhand remark. So I think he'll be with them for the time being. Yeah, Aaron Boone seems to love Josh Donaldson. That's obviously in his corner. I think another thing in his corner is a guy like Aaron Judge coming back and rocking uh, on a tear since his injury. He's got eight homers in his last nine games. But LeMahieu, as you mentioned, utility guy, but he's filled in a third base really nice. I don't see them moving him. I don't know about the defensive metrics, but watching the Yankees and watching the highlights, he's flashing that leather. Rizzo is a lock at first base. Where's Donaldson going to play, or are they just going to mix and match with LeMahieu and just have Donaldson as um, – another utility guy, or is he going to kick LeMahieu out of third base? Well, I think you could still get LeMahieu the at-bats. Like, you could DH him. You could put LeMahieu – like, you can kind of put him at different positions, you know, around the diamond. I mean, he is a utility player. They need LeMahieu's bat, although he is kind of scuffling right now. But, I mean, Donaldson's a third baseman. You can't put him anywhere else. I mean, Tass, it's – you know, you bring up a good point, but, I mean – and also Donaldson's making $27 million a year. Do you really want to have him come back and just basically sit on the bench? I think that's a bad look. So I, I think, yeah, they're just going to put Donaldson at third base, and I think they're going to give him every opportunity 
to kind of play and, and see if he can get that old form back. And, you know, if it comes, you know, maybe June or July and he's still scuffling, yeah, maybe the Yankees cut bait on him. But I think for the time being, he's safe. It just doesn't make sense to cut him because they're not going to be any better, you know, by cutting him because who are you going to put there? I mean, yeah, you can put LeMahieu there, but, you know, you got to think long term. I just think they're not going to get enough offensive production, you know, with the guys they have now without Donaldson. Yeah, maybe it's just sort of a snowball effect from DFAing Hicks, or they're eating the money there. This is the Yankees; they can eat money, uh, but it would be eating uh, uh, another uh, another big chunk of money. Although I'm not really buying this uh, injury story. I don't know if you are, Joel. He hasn't played since April 5th, as you said, hamstring mm-hmm. mostly, but sustained uh, a setback, slicing his thumb while putting something together for his daughter at home recently. You buying that, Joel? Some, I, some, yeah, something's rotten in Denmark there, Tass. I don't uh, – that sounds very suspicious. Um, like cutting your thumb. Like, okay. I mean, it happens. Throw a Band-Aid on it. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, it could be bothersome. Um, you know, we both have kids here in the studio. I've got daughters. I put together stuff. I'm definitely – definitely – uh, there, there's, there's some hazard there. Let's be honest. But, um, JD, actually, I was going to ask you, but you don't do anything for your kids. You force your kids to do everything. So there's no way you've sliced your thumb. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> no, in a good way. In a good way. You teach your kids At this point, r- yeah, responsibility. They, they're assembling their own stuff. Yes. But are you buying this from, uh, from Josh Donaldson? I'm buying it. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, but I don't want to buy the assembly. The assembly part is, is not right. Like, I think it happened opening whatever box the thing that was being assembled was in. Like oh, okay. Box cutters, you know, that's mm. – but you're not – cutting uh, yourself while assembling something, it just seems okay. seems a little suspicious. Yeah, I like how me. you're reading into it, that he's yeah. opening the box. Joel, what do you think he was assembling for his <laughs> uh, for his daughter? Oh. Man, I don't know. I don't have I don't have kids. I don't know what kids I don't know what kids play with. Like the last toy I know is a Ninja Turtles pizza thrower. And I know that's probably not what it is. I have no idea what kids play with. I'm sorry. Maybe it was a pop it locket. Uh, that that toy that people are playing with. It was just opening a box. I agree with you. Box cutter. Yeah. Box uh, cutter. Great stuff. I, I do. uh want to mention one thing because there was a rare trade that happened between uh, the Yankees and Red Sox. It was a very minor deal. Uh, They traded Mm -hmm. uh, Greg Allen went to the Yankees uh, from the Red Sox, a speedster. Uh, He uh, seemingly, uh, according to our man, uh, Chris Kirshner at the athletic will be on the roster later on in the season, maybe a playoff sort of specialty guy, just to steal bases. He was 23 for 23 in stolen base chances in triple a this season and was uh, showing that, this weekend uh, with the Yankees, and that sort of led Hicks to being DFA'd. But uh, just an interesting note. People can reconcile. Teams can reconcile. Even the Yankees and Red Sox uh, making a a deal there. So a rare, rare deal. Anyways, moving on here. Number four of the five best things in baseball. Baseball had an encouraging few days at the ballpark, Joel, and I know we wanted to talk about this. Over 1.5 million people attended games this past weekend. That's the best attendance for a weekend in April or May in more than six years. It's a pretty specific attendance stat. I get it. Uh, but it's still positive. Rachel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And Tass, this was very encouraging. And I know when we were talking about this, you are uh, not entirely... You're a bit skeptical on attendance figures, and I get that. Yeah. Um, I'm on the internet. Mer- I'm on the internet. I'm skeptical of everything, uh, especially attendance figures. I, I, I mentioned a co-host on No Dunks Trey a little bit earlier. I, I'm also skeptical because it's fresh on my mind because we're we're in Atlanta here. You know, we cover our basketball show uh, daily, and he brought up that the Atlanta Hawks attendance rate this past season was 104. percent That mm-hmm. is some bullpucky. <laughs> Okay, even even whatever that four percent is, I don't know. Okay, I'm not calling that bullpucky, yeah. but a hundred percent. What? Ha, the, no, there's no c- possible way that the Hawks sold out every single game. Whether it's even um, uh, comps, I, I don't. Even, okay, maybe they they gave them all away, and that's how they get to a hundred percent. But it wasn't even anywhere close mm-hmm. to full. So, yeah, that's why I'm a little bit skeptical, Joel. But. Uh, 
as far as this okay. stack goes, I'm buying it. To, uh, I'm buying that <laughs> baseball is is reaping the benefits of the changes. Yeah, absolutely, Tess. I think I think there's a couple factors here. I mean, it's it's exciting baseball. I still think they're in that WBC glow, like we've talked about that before. I think they had a lot of momentum going into the season. I I think Tess just I think it's a better on field product. It's exciting. There's a lot of parity. You know, I feel like in recent years a lot of teams were kind of like tanking because uh, they knew they weren't going to have you know a good team and you know, like five, six weeks into the season, you know, you're 10, 15 games below 500. That's like, you look at the standings. I mean, other than Oakland, I feel like everyone still is relatively kind of not out of it. You know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of parody. So I think that's exciting. I think, you know, the people have responded to the rule changes and, you know, this is encouraging to see. And I hope and I, I hope and I think they will keep this uh, momentum up uh, as the season goes on because it's good to see. Absolutely. I was there at, at the Braves' truest ballpark. Could feel it in the air. Games are, are, are moving. And it makes sense that they're back to sort of pre-pandemic numbers. As I said, uh, a, a big weekend for the first time in six years for this early in the season and mm-hmm. a, a huge... Uh, Sunday uh, that they had the most uh, since June 28th, or I'm sorry, the highest Sunday before June since 2018. Again, mm-hmm. some cherry pick stats here, but uh, the, the sped up game is absolutely working. I, I've even heard critics of other sports be referencing the rule changes in baseball as a as a benchmark, as as a guide to say, hey, baseball changed things. We can change things as, as sort of an innovative move and and it's uh it's easy to to believe these numbers i don't believe the atlanta hawks uh, even if it's uh, a a <laughs> non-paid attendance as uh, people are pointing out here amongst the bleacher creatures on youtube totally true totally true um but i'm believing these baseball stats because it is fun to be at the ballpark and, and again the thing is moving all right last best thing in baseball because we got to talk mlb succession we got to grade some teams this is a great story, Joel. Dennis mm-hmm. Kasumba, a Ugandan catcher. He's an orphan, uh, has been making the waves on social media for months. Tell people about this story. Yeah, so Tass, Dennis Kasumba, we you know, we did a reel on him uh, a couple days ago. Nice, Just nice, plug, ins- nice plug for the Instagram. It, it, no underscore bunts or the athletic baseball show. Check it out there. <laughs> did some numbers, did some numbers there. It did do some numbers. Um, But yeah, just a truly inspirational story. He's kind of charted his his growth and progress on social media. Tass, it's almost like watching a real-life Hollywood movie, like you're watching Rocky. He's out there training in the rain, throwing bricks and, you know, jumping up and down with a tire on his back. How can you not root for this kid? You know, like you said, he's an orphan. And Tass, I was, you know, doing research for this today. He was discovered at a butcher shop in Uganda by a player on the Ugandan national team. And he said, if you come to practice, I will feed you because he was working there just basically to feed himself. Um, Such a great story. You just want to root for this guy. I'm glad that, you know, MLB and these NGOs and Ugandan government officials kind of got together and made this happen because it's an inspirational story. And I don't, and not just on a baseball level, but like on a very human level, you just, you want to see this guy do well. You know, he never gives up. It's, it's just infectious watching uh, his videos. And Tass, I also found it interesting too. The Dodgers actually have signed two players from Uganda. I didn't know that. And the pirates also have a player from Uganda in their organization as well. So, you know, I hope that, you know, other Ugandan kids see this and maybe this and not only kids in Uganda, but in Africa and all around the world, really, for that matter, just see, you know, the effort and the work that he puts in. And it just truly is an inspirational story. Just, just love to see it. Absolutely. Yeah. Go check out, uh, the real. And, and I, I, I would, um, yeah, I'd encourage you just to to read about the story overall because it, it is a mm-hmm. it's one of those heart warmers that's been going around for a little bit and uh I know once we saw it, once you saw it, we needed to put something together for it because people uh as you mentioned um have been getting behind him 
and were initially upset because the visa was denied and didn't seem like it was going to yeah. happen. Uh, but now he will be playing in the MLB Draft League, uh, as it's mm-hmm. called, uh, this summer. So good luck to him. Uh, also, just before we get to a quick break, I uh, want to mention a couple comments from the Bleacher Creatures. Uh, Chris J says, those cardboard edges will get you as they potentially got uh, our man uh, Josh Donaldson. There's some deep cuts, yeah. Cardboard cuts are no joke, as as Hootski added, and he also added probably building a dollhouse, which oh, gave me a, a quick traumatic flashback because I built a dollhouse Christmas <laughs> Eve uh, with Danielle um, and for for our for our kids. Uh, it was it was tough. It's a tough build. Um, so we got it done. We got it done. Everybody was happy on Christmas, and that uh, was a great dollhouse, actually. Wait, you built it like before, like Christmas Eve? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it would be assembled for the yeah, for the, the morning, the big yeah. reveal. You know, you're a good dad, man. You've been there. I always, yeah. I think it's a better move than doing it on Christmas Day. Christmas, I guess I want to give up on Christmas Day. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just done. <laughs> like that, that particular dollhouse was. Intensive. Yeah. It was like an Ikea build, really. I mean, it was... Wow. Anyways, Danielle leads. I got to be honest. Uh, (laughs) I follow. You just follow orders. (laughs) Anyway, all right. We got to take a quick break. But after it, we'll hand out some grades to some teams. We'll be right back. Welcome back to No Bunts. The reason you want to be with the Bleacher Creatures as they're watching live on YouTube on the Athletic Baseball Show channel is we were just naming different Dave's in baseball history as we heard an ad uh, for the uh, for the product Dave there. So that was just that was a lot of fun. Um, Winfield, Roberts, Martinez, Stewart. And then we got into some some Davids, which isn't allowed, like a Justice or a Wells. Dave's these, only. These are the Dave's we know. These are the Dave's we know. Does that anybody get that reference? No. I'm so goddamn old. Kids in the hall, anyone? Oh, right. man, no way. Later. All right, uh, moving on here. We passed the quarter poll of the season. We're moving quickly to the uh, the third poll. That's not a poll, uh, but the third way mark or third of the way into the season. <laughs> That's also not a saying. Um, so, Joel, we decided we would grade some teams. We got six teams to get through. Let's start with a pleasant one. What are you grading the Texas Rangers, Joel? Pass Texas Rangers getting a, uh, I don't see like outside of Tampa, they've been the best team in the American league. Um, and I just attribute that to Tampa Bay's like crazy start. They've kind of come back to earth a bit where Texas has been fairly, uh, consistent, uh, the rotation task is unbelievable. And and keep in mind, too, they've done this mostly without DeGrom. Like, he's been uh, injured for most of the season. Classic DeGrom. Of all these- yeah, classic DeGrom. <laughs> he threw another complete game. Uh, sorry, Avaldi threw another complete game. He just looks uh, unstoppable right now. He's got to be in the conversation for Cy Young at this point. Their bullpen's not great, but Tass, I mean, they, they've – scored the most runs in the American league. They've got a great starting rotation. Uh, they've got the co-leader in home runs uh, in Adoldis Garcia. They just look really good. And I was skeptical about this team coming in. Cause basically Tass, they bought a team. They've, they've bought a team over the last two years. They've splashed a lot of money in the free agent market, but the early returns this year, they they look like you know one of the best teams in the American League, if not the best. So Rangers absolutely get an A plus. There's really nothing to be critical of them, and you know if they can keep this up, task like they're gonna give Houston a, a run for their money uh, in the division. Yeah, leading the division right now. Uh, the Astros mm-hmm. are back though, as you predicted. Um, they are. Yeah, eight games above 500 right now and only two games back of the Texas Rangers. They are playing extremely well. As you said, a couple of those big signings from a couple off-seasons ago now in the 21 offseason and, and Seager and Simeon paying off now. And the uh, Evaldi one from this offseason, huge. Forever brave, Robbie Grossman is even working out a little bit. But they've just assembled uh, a bunch of uh, guys. As you said, they bought the team. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, working right now, Jamie Newberg at TheAthletic.com. Great breakdown of how they've assembled this team if you have a subscription there. I want to just ask one thing before we move on to our second team. You said they're an A. We had an A-plus in our 
in our document have you changed have you have you I did. yeah no i did they're they're tasks they're an a plus yeah oh, that's okay. on me yeah they're that's okay they're they're an a plus I'm yeah ju- I'm they, ju- they look they look the part i'm just being a stickler all right moving on <laughs> the stadium behind you former stadium anyways the florida marlins what are you grading them Tass, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about some of those teams that don't get uh, talked about, I feel, a lot. And I'm going to give the Miami Marlins uh, a B. Now, that's kind of strange if you kind of look, you know, at the numbers on the surface. They've got the worst run differential in the National League. But, Tass, they're in a very, very competitive division. They're, they're one game under 500. But they're very, very competitive. I feel they have some very good young players. Uh, they've got the you know reigning Cy Young uh, in uh, Alcan- Alcantara. Um, I might be butchering that. No, name. you I didn't. Apologize. You, you you hit a home run with that one, Joel. I hit a home run with that. Okay, right out of Pro Player Stadium, <laughs> right behind me. Um, but yeah, you know the trade for uh, Luis Arias. You know they task well, they desperately need off. Arise, sorry, arise. <laughs> that name, that's a pop out task right here, Pro Player Stadium. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like they've been able to ask, and this is just this, I want to, I want to make sure I get this stat right. Um, In Miami's nine of their, in nine games in a row and 10 of their last 11, the, the games have been with a margin of two or fewer runs and over half this, over half the games they played in this year have also been decided by two or fewer runs. So they're competitive. Like they're in every game, a hit here, a hit there, you know, maybe they're a few games above 500. I, they're a good, young, competitive team in a tough division. I don't think it's going to hold over 162 games, but, you know, for the purpose of this exercise, I, I think they're a solid B, you know, like they're they're right in the thick of things. And if they can kind of stick around and, and, and keep it around 500, I feel like, you know, maybe they go out and make, in a, make some uh, trades and get some bats because that's what that team needs. They've got the pitching, but you know they just they just don't have any offense at all unfortunately yeah it is uh, astonishing to see that this team is 500 i know you say a lot of people don't talk about them they are one team that i see on tv all the time uh being here in atlanta feels like the braves are always playing them uh, and luis arise one of my favorite players to watch in baseball uh r- ridiculous defensively um but it it is weird because they've got pitching and they they don't have hitting it's weird to see them at 500 uh, the catcher spot is a mess. Uh, Gene Segura, he's struggling. Um, Yikes. And maybe it's because he broke up Spencer Strider's no-hit bid in the eighth uh, a while back. That'll, that'll teach you. They do have uh, the pitching. Jesus Lazardo, Cy Young winner, Sadney Alcantara. Actually hasn't started well, but he'll probably bounce back. And exciting yeah. prospect, Yuri Perez, mm-hmm. the biggest prospect pitching prospect in baseball and also literally big he's six foot eight and uh he's, he's had big boy yeah he's had three starts now fastball over 97 a slider at 87 he's getting whiffs the spin rate is high and yeah just watching the highlights and and, and reading about him uh you know saris does a great job breaking down pitchers He's living up to the billing after being called up just three starts uh, into his career. All right, moving on. A team that's bounced back a little bit, but you have a a mediocre grade for them, the St. Louis Cardinals, Joel. Yeah, I'm going to give the Cardinals a C. They got off to to an awful start, but they've really rebounded in May. They've won four series in a row. They swept uh, the Red Sox in Boston. They've beaten some tough teams. They're only five games out in the Central. I don't know if that's a testament to how good St. Louis is or how bad the Central is. Maybe it's a bit of both. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to give them a C. I think – I mean, I had them winning the division going into this year. I still kind of stick with that. Milwaukee, like, you know, Pittsburgh has come way back to earth. Uh, I think it's going to be between St. Louis and Milwaukee. I'm going to give them a C just based on the slow start. But Arenado is like, he's caught fire. They're hitting, their pitching's coming back. They're just doing all the things right. Um, I just think, yeah, that that April just kind of crushed them. But uh, they've rebounded, and you know St. Louis will be fine. I, I think they're going to win the division. Yeah, they are lucky to be in the NL Central. That's totally yeah. true. Uh, it's a it's a lacking division. Same with the AL Central. It's it's odd. The Blue Jays that we'll get to in a sec. Fifth in the AL East would be first in the AL Central. 
both centrals uh, struggling uh, overall in, in both leagues. The Cardinals, yeah, doing enough, even though we talked about they've had sort of a chaotic start uh, with the the Wilson-Contreras move, getting him out of the catcher spot. He's, he's back to, to being a catcher. They just created a weird situation there. Um, they won three or four from the Dodgers, though, and as you said, Nolan Arenado, he's back, another one of the, the great players to watch in MLB. So, yeah, that was a, a quick rut that they – dealt with, but it seems like they've gotten through it. Let's go to the yeah. AL Central. The Detroit yeah, Tigers. So for a- yeah, let's talk. Yeah, if, you know, no one really talks about Miami. No, that's no true. No one talks about we're the going, Tigers we're going either. Deep. Let's, yeah, we are going deep. Let's give the Tigers some love. Uh, they've really kind of been an afterthought, I feel, for the last half decade or so. They haven't really done uh, anything of substance, uh, but they're a pesky team. You know, they are a couple games below 500, but they're only two and a half out uh, in in the central. And Tass, I think a big reason why though is their schedule in April was bonkers. I just want to go over this. They played the Astros, Jays, Rays. They played Baltimore twice. They played Milwaukee and Boston in April. Like those are some very very tough teams. I don't care if you're a good team or a bad team. You're definitely going to take uh, you know some losses in those series. And they opened up May. They went five and one against the Mets and the Cardinals. So they've kind of rebounded in May. Riley Green, I really like him. He's a good young player. Spencer Torkelson's another guy. He was a one of their top picks. You know, he's slowly putting it together. So you know, the Tigers are kind of a pesky team. I'm I am going to give them yeah a B. Sorry, a B minus, a B minus. Um, <laughs> I don't think this is sustainable because with the Tigers, they, their pitching is not good. Erod is their ace. And if he's your ace, you know, that's going to kind of put a limit as to how far you can go, but they've looked good, you know, through a quarter of the season. And I think they're just going to be a pesky team, you know, to, to beat. And they're a team that's, that's on the rise. I could see them being, you know, very competitive in, in a year or two with some of the good young pieces they have there. Erod Eduardo Rodriguez has been uh, pitching lights out. Two point one nine ERA through ten starts, a WHIP under one, and yeah, they as you said, expectations not super high. They benched Javier Baez, their second highest paid player, a little <laughs> earlier in the season when he forgot how many outs there yeah. were, and uh, yeah. that's that sort of worked. He he's bounced back, and the team obviously, yeah, as, you, he has. as you said, have been performing uh, fairly well. Quick question, because I know you've been to. Comerica Park. It's still what it's called, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you love it? I believe so. Yeah, great stadium. Uh, Comerica is is a great stadium. It's right across the street too from Ford Field. It's kind of like this, I don't know, sports area, and you've got Chelios's Bar right there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's a, it's a good spot. Like it's uh, yeah, I love the stadium. Gretzky did it first, Chelios. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. A couple teams remaining here before we do a little succession recasting with MLB players and figures. The Padres, an interesting one here, Joel. Padres, task Padres get a D. They have been, you know, they've definitely underperformed. But Tass, with the Padres, it's very simple. They can't hit with runners in scoring position. They're dead last, they're 30th. They're they're 30th in MLB right now with hitting with runners in scoring position. They're hitting 189. They're just not getting timely hitting. Now, that's probably more bad luck than anything. Like with the the offensive talent they have on that team, that's just not sustainable over the course of 162 games. I think it's just a lot of bad luck at one time. Tatis is back. Uh, Let's see, you know, how they do like with a fully healthy lineup. I know... Machado's out right now but yeah they get a D I mean they've just you know they're I think they're fourth in the National League they're four or five games under 500 you know with all the moves they made in the offseason it's been very disappointing and Blake Snell has been really really bad this year he's striking out fewer batters he's giving up way more walks and he's giving up a, a lot more home runs so he's kind of the weak link in the rotation at this point but Tass, I'm not going to be scared away I still like San Diego it's still early. I don't think they can get too down in that division because the Dodgers aren't what they were in years past, but they're still a very, very good team, and they are first in the National League West. But there's just too much talent on that team. But, you know, they get a D right now. They just – they're not 
they're not playing well. As you said, fourth in the NL West behind the Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and Giants. It's astonishing. They've played 48 games in 23 of them, so nearly half. They've scored three or fewer runs with that lineup, and they're 2-21 yeah. and, two and 21 in those games. If they miss the playoffs, uh, that would be one of the biggest disappointments in MLB history considering the expanded playoffs and mm-hmm. they're nearly a $250 million payroll behind uh, just the the New York teams. So, so many guys currently underperforming and the booze raining down at Petco Park at times. So, they're, yeah, they, sh- they absolutely deserve a D uh, at this point. Last one here before we move on. You can't be trusted to give an unbiased opinion on this team, but do it anyway. Uh, what's the grade here for the Toronto Blue Jays? Tass, I wrote this one out of sheer anger when we were putting together this show. But, yeah, I'm going to give the Blue Jays an F. Um, an obviously F. last Yeah, well, I mean, okay. You know, Tass, this is going to be more therapeutic than me more than, <laughs> you know, more than That's anything, why we started but- this show. Yeah, um, but no. Listen, I mean, they—they're a team similar to San Diego. They've—they've they've invested a lot of money in this team. I think they have the seventh or eighth highest payroll. They're a world. They're a team that should be competing for the World Series. Test their last place. It's almost the end of June. Uh, their their offense is feast or famine. They have they. I feel like they don't have a lot of depth. Their bullpen, which has been their Achilles heel since 2021, hasn't really been addressed. You know, they they lose games late. They just they just piss away so many winnable games. They're a very, very frustrating team to watch. But and John Schneider just looked like what were you doing in that game on Saturday against Baltimore, not knowing the rules and Manoa had to come out early. It's just really been a comedy of errors. Like the in May, they've just looked like an awful team. And yeah, their last place in your you know, your seventh or eighth in payroll. You know, they, yeah, they get an F for me, you know, and uh, that's putting it lightly because I've said a couple four-letter words uh, the past week or two <laughs> watching this offense. I mean, now, you know, Law of Averages said they had to score sooner or later. They did that in spades last night. I get it. But, um, and Tess, another thing too, they've gone 2-12 and 12 against American League East teams in their last 14 games. You're not going to win a division in May, Tess, but you can certainly you, cer- you can certainly lose it, and you can't be doing that. You know, you can't be losing all these games to divisional rivals. They got swept at home by Baltimore. Yankees took three or four. That one game they did win Tass, I think they left 15 or 16 runners on. They won in extra innings. They easily could have gone 0-7 last week. So they need to be better. They've just – there's been so much hype around this team, and I've bought into it, but – I mean, I got to be realistic. Like, I think they're a playoff team, but I don't – I just don't see a championship team right now. I don't. I'm sorry. And then they go and bash the Rays yesterday. They're back. They won 20-1 to yesterday. But you're you're totally right. It's – they're feasting or they're famining. Uh, They they, Mm – as as you said, yeah, they've got some guys hitting in Chapman, Bichette. Kiermaier has been awesome. Guerrero's been solid. And then the rest, um, yeah, really, really lacking. And uh, I'm with you. I mean, they are uh, a couple games above uh, 526 and 23. Tough division. Can still make the mm-hmm. postseason. But totally fair to say if this team uh, you know, plays anything like they're playing right now, they're not going to win a championship. And they do have those aspirations. And, yeah, a tough week. Losing three or four to the Yanks. Getting swept by the Orioles. Lost their first to the Rays. And nothing worse than losing to the Rays. And then uh, the second game there, they they did bounce back for that 20-1 to win. Glad they got a win there for Kevin Kiermaier uh, going back, spending so much time with Tampa Bay. Uh, But as you said, bad against their own division. I guess tiny, tiny bright spot. The more balanced schedule means that they're going to play their division less, and they're getting a lot of these games out um, right now, get out of the way right now, I should say. But, uh, you know, some bright spots – on the mound, Chris Bassett has Rotation been, looks good. Yeah, 28 consecutive scoreless innings. Gossman's been good. The pitch clock probably helped Kikuchi. He's, he's been great. Barrios has not been phenomenal. Manoa, as you mentioned, struggling. It was, <laughs> it was crazy to see. Manager John Schneider, as you mentioned there, he came out 
and there's only one uh, mound visit per inning allowed if you're if mm-hmm. you're just visiting. You have to take out a guy if you're making a second visit, and he just forgot that his pitching coach Pete Walker had already been out to the mound that inning. <laughs> I wonder if you can. There's got to be like some something that they can do, like for a manager to leave the dugout. Like there's probably it's got to be like a you know one of those like electric dog collars, like a, a shock collar. <laughs> like oh bzz, oh man, I guess we did already uh, you know hit the mound this 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 uh, inning. Weird stuff there, um, but yeah, they're a fun they team to watch, be right, Joel? They get the heart rate I mean, up. Oh, not sometimes not in a good way, Tass. Uh, they just yeah, they're they're a frustrating team to watch, but I feel like I've seen this in 2021 and, and 2022. I, I wish them like, I mean, you know, I mean, I live and die with them, but um, yeah, they can just be a frustrating team to watch, but I mean, they looked great in April and then they've just collapsed in May and yeah, last place got to be better against the division. So we'll see. Uh, according to uh, Chris J amongst the bleacher creatures, the Jays have scored 43% more runs than the Tigers, by the way, he's a Tigers fan. And, uh, yeah, I guess we, we you gave them a higher grade. You know, it's according to expectations. It's on a curve. Sure. Um, and the Tigers, only two and a half back in the AL Central, even being sub-500, and, and the Jays in a tough AL East being eight and a half back currently right now. It's tough. It's tough being in that division. All right. We got to take a quick break here, Joel, but fun part of the show is coming up. It's MLB Succession. Yes, the TV show. We'll be right back. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. One more great product from LinkedIn. You're there to network, you're there to look for jobs, you're there to post jobs, and how about LinkedIn Sales Navigator? It's a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash baseball show. That is linkedin.com slash baseball show for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash baseball show and get started. Welcome back to No Bunts. We all love the TV show Succession around here. It's sad. It is coming to an end. The series finale this Sunday. So as an ode to the incredible show, we decided to recast the show with MLB figures. Yeah. Baseball (laughs) succession. Why the heck not? Have a little fun here. So, Joel, let's go through character by character by character by character. We've got five characters from succession that we're going to recast with MLB people. Starting with the top. Who is Logan Roy in MLB? Yeah, so Tess, uh, for this, I think, too, we're going to use past and present figures. Yeah, we uh, we agreed on that when we were discussing it. Um, mm-hmm. George Steinbrenner, no-brainer to play uh, Logan Roy. Win at all costs. Big personalities. Demand the absolute best. And they just refuse to lose. Uh, I think this was the easiest one to cast. So yeah, Logan Roy, George Steinbrenner as Logan Roy. And as we were talking about this, JD, who is a bigger Succession fan than a baseball fan, actually <laughs> actually knows George Steinbrenner. Uh, he, that was the one name that stood out to him amongst the the cast that we picked. So yeah, literally the only baseball <laughs> name that I knew. Oh, so, probably from Seinfeld, actually. Ah, right. <laughs> Tass, I told you. Tass, we talked about this yesterday. In the you phone. did. This is exactly what we talked about. I said, don't know Steinbrenner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I could see uh, Steinbrenner described this way from last week's um, six episode of Succession. Actually, I, I didn't. I didn't mention this off the top. Some spoilers here, mm. here or there. I, I should have yeah. mentioned that. Uh, if you're like. Hootsky here in the Bleacher Creatures who says, I've never started Succession. Should I tune out? 
Yes. Uh, you may hear a, a quick spoiler or two, because last week at... Here, I'll give you a break to turn it off. Turn it off now. <laughs> yeah, turn but, it off. Uh, see, you, see you later, Hootski. See ya. But at, at Logan Roy's <laughs> funeral, uh, Kendall Roy got up and described him in, in a great speech. A vitality. A force that could hurt. That's, that's Steinbrenner in a nutshell. Full of vim. Mm. Great geysers of life. He willed. Yeah. Um, so there, that's Steinbrenner. Bang that one out yeah. of the park, Joel. That uh, was easy. That was easy. Too easy. Okay, let's get to Kendall Roy. Okay. So, Tass, playing the role of Kendall Roy, we are going to cast Carlos Correa. Mm. Uh, a couple reasons. I think, Tass, both Kendall Roy and Carlos Correa see themselves as the guy and they want to be the guy but they don't have what it takes to be the guy. Ooh. I think, yeah, I, I think they're good when they have the right people around them. Like when Correa was in Houston, he, you know, he won a championship. He had a lot of success, but you know, I think when he went to Minnesota, that just didn't follow him there. Like he's, he's obviously good. I think both are charming villains and they've kind of embraced it. Um, I think both of them see themselves as likable characters. They try to be their best to be likable, but they're just villains. Um, people just don't like Correa. And I think they've kind of uh, embraced it. And Tass, the last reason why I casted Correa's Kendall Roy is both of those guys respectively tried to leave their situations for greener pastures they wanted to go on to put themselves in a better situation but Tass ultimately both of them ended up just coming right back home they couldn't leave you know Correa Correa you know all that drama with him going to San Francisco then New York then back to Minnesota and Kendall Roy you know he tried leaving the family full doing his thing couldn't do it and he came right back I think Correa is a great pick for uh, Kendall Roy and both are damaged goods as, uh, they, they, yeah, they are. They are damaged goods. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not me saying it. That's the uh, the medical report on Korea and Kendall Roy. Uh, he's found his way. Can't wait for Sunday. Can't. Wait Has he for... found his way, Tess? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> for him, uh, yeah. We see this time and time again with Kendall. Uh, yes, he just has do. a spark yeah. of ooh. I'm going to do this, and then he shits the bed. So we'll see. Exactly. There's just so much more to tell, even if it's the same story again. That's why I hate the fact that there's not a fifth season. Give us one more. <laughs> it, it feels like it's 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 going to leave us wanting more. Great. Sure. Well, that's, that's what you want. That's what you want. But also, I mean, we're at a point here where it all can't be tied together in one episode. I mean, I guess... Like, there's just more, you know, there's more steps. We could see a, a Gojo uh, purchase, and uh, and we could have another season, no problem, without it totally being repeated, because we've got the new character there in the in the Swede. It'll make you bleed. You know, that, that there's lots going on there. Um, well, Tass, what about, what about a succession movie? Because, you know, Entourage had a movie. Sex in the City had a movie. Like, I feel... True. You you could babe, you know you could I mean Tass I'm with you I want more I love Succession but I feel in a few years there's definitely still gonna be a hunger for this show for this mm -hmm. you know and why not a movie I feel you could tell a story in two what, two hours what do you think JD on that front I say let it go let it go there's gonna be it it'll be a satisfying ending yeah I think I have trust in the writers. And I just let it go. Let them go on to write something else, a new series that we'll all enjoy. We um, don't have to revisit. If if anything, give me a spinoff with Madsen. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. oh, okay. I'm with you. Uh, I, I just want it to be like a regular TV show where it's drawn out and <laughs> you just hate the ending. Um, right. In this situation, in this situation, they really wrapped it up uh, on a high note here. Um, I do think. Can't wait for. For Sunday. Anyway, all right, moving on. We're recasting succession characters with MLB figures, and Shiv Roy has to be Miami Marlins GM Kim Ng. Has to be. They're both high-ranking female execs in industries dominated by men. Early in her career, Kim Ng worked for the evil Empire Yankees, just like Shiv worked for the evil Waystar. 
Kim ended up leaving, and Shiv is currently leaving for Gojo, right? Sure feels like that's what's going to happen. They're both hard workers. Unlike her brother, Shiv actually had a real job. She's she's done all sorts of consulting. Mm -hmm. Kimming is a a pioneer. First female GM in any of the four major sports. And Shiv could have been a pioneer too. She just got fleeced by her dad and looked over for another man. Typical. It could have been... (laughs) Waystar with Shiv Roy at the helm. It could have been, uh, but Logan just couldn't stand for it. So even though he told her, Shiv, you're the one. You're the next one. He backstabbed her and had to give it to Kendall or Roman as he was grooming them for the position. So Kim Ng, first female GM of any of the four major sports, and Shiv Roy. Kim Ng's obviously... Um, Accomplished a heck of a lot more than Chivroy yeah. uh, being born into it. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, Chivroy does have some good character traits and, and could have done more uh, if Logan gave her the reins. Well, he wasn't just going to give her the reins, Tess. She had to earn it? Yeah. Okay. Well, she they... had no experience. He told her what to None do. of them had experience. Exactly. None of them are worthy. <laughs> Right, so yeah. he didn't give it to any of them, although he did tell her that she was going to yeah, get it. Yeah, that's true. Now, amongst all those three, she would have done a, a good job. But you're right. At least at least she did have a job. Yeah. I'm oh. a Roman man myself. Oh, really? Oh, bold. <laughs> JD, that's bold. <laughs> the guy falls apart more than Kendall. They all Rod. do. They all do. Not as much as Shiv. I got to go apart. back and, and, and deconstruct, but she definitely also shit the bed. She was given the reins. She was. She had the opportunity, and she messed it up. The stain on the bed is a far less shittier than Roman's <laughs> shit and Kendall's <laughs> shit. Come on, uh, I agree with you. I, yeah, Rome, I agree with you. There. But I will correct you on one thing because okay. you said that she worked at Waystar. She never worked at Waystar. She didn't work at Waystar until Logan offered her the CEO position. So she never had a job within the within co- the company. That's, within the that family was the, company. That was the 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 uh, the main gripe with her was that she had no experience. Well, the fact is, at least she had a damn job. At least Fair. experience working instead Kendall, of just but Kendall growing worked, up into it. Kendall worked in the company. Yeah, you're working in Daddy's company. Roman I mean, went like, back to the beginning and he did the management training training program. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, Where do you, he doodled during all the uh, all the classes? Uh, hello, they did a pitch in a class, and they won the pitch from his idea because he's the son of the CEO of the mm. company. That's okay. why he won. Hey, great stuff, <laughs> great stuff. Yeah, she could have put some time in. Shiv could have put some mm-hmm. time in, like Kim Meng did, who's uh, a baseball lifer, been around for a very, very long time, and interviewed for a bunch of GM positions over the years. And finally happened with the Miami Marlins, where she is currently. All right, moving on to a special character, Roman Roy. Okay, so Tess, this one took me a while. It was really hard, I feel, to nail Roman Roy. But ultimately, I'm going to go with uh, Verdugo from the Red Sox, Alex Verdugo. Um, A couple reasons. Roman is very vocal and I, oh that's a great picture thank, um, thank you roman is yeah very we're looking at a picture vocal. of verdugo with uh <laughs> some i don't even know what to call these the, the the teeth that he has they're iced out uh yeah this, they are iced out yes. yeah um both guys are like very vocal i think both guys are kind of assholes but they don't mind like they know that they're assholes. I think they've kind of uh, embraced that. I think both guys carry a big chip on their shoulder, um, but they're ultimate team players. To me, like Roman up and, and he's kind of showed flashes of it, but I don't think Roman wants to be the guy. I think Roman has no problem being the guy behind the guy, but he's ultimately a team player. Um, He'll kind of go with, you know, the the consensus in the room. And I feel, yeah, Verdugo's just kind of that ultimate team player, like always has your back. So this one was kind of hard to cast. Maybe I missed it. Bleacher Creatures, let us know. But yeah, uh, I'm going to go Verdugo cast as Roman Roy. It's a tough one. Roman is one, of is. A, Roman is one of a kind. 
and the bleacher creatures couldn't even help you out on that one. They've got some other suggestions, <laughs> though. Uh, Hal Steinbrenner is Connor Roy, according to Ziggy. Steve Cohen <laughs> is Matson, uh, And Ziggy with this one. Now, our next character, Tom Wamsgams, is Billy Bean. Plays it smart but can't get to the top. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, so you give me your Wamsgans uh, recast here, Joel. Who is Wamsgans? Okay, so Tass, for Tom Wamsgans, we uh, had to go to an old player, uh, Carlos Beltran of the mm. well he played for a couple teams retired with the houston astros Tass, you gave me a great idea uh because i struggled with this one too um he's a ring chaser there's not a lot of those in baseball like you said Tass, and we were talking there's more of those in the nba but beltran signed you know the last year i think he signed a one-year deal with houston finished his career there um both guys are behind the scene puppet masters masterminds but you don't kind of really know beltran was kind of uh his name came up a lot in that report like he was one of the key guys the masterminds that put it together both have made very very questionable decisions and both did very very unethical things to get ahead so carlos beltran as tom and i'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that last name because i think i butchered it so yeah carlos <laughs> beltran Carlos Beltran as Tom. Yeah, I said Wom's Gams. And it's Wom's Gans. Burger. Oh, is it? <laughs> okay. I think no, there's an N or an M. It's hard to say. It's just two yeah. syllables. But Wom's okay. Gans. Uh, it's 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 a good you made a good connection. JD, do you have something for this one? It seems like you're you're ready to No, no. I uh, I'm just uh, I'm enjoying the pronunciation of Wamsgans. <laughs> I've I realize that I've never said it out loud, I don't think. Tom Wamsgans. Yeah. What a what a name. What is that? What what nationality is that? Well, is that Dutch? he's well, I would, I think so, like because he's from like Minnesota, like uh, so maybe oh, German. Oh, good call. Or, yeah, uh, yeah, German. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. there's a Finnish, like, Finnish population. There's like yeah, mm-hmm. Scandinavian. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. As damaged and as horrible as all of those people are, I got a soft spot for Tom. I sure, even though he pulled some really, really shady stuff with the election episode, I'm not going to spoil it, but I like. He's he's so gentle, like he's he's a he's a bad person, but he's just so gentle. And that scene, that argument he had with Shiv on the balcony, I was like, Tom, you hit me right here. You hit me right here. You're an awful person, but you hit me right here. They're all awful people. That's the thing. They're all terrible. Yeah, they're all they're all terrible in their own way, for sure. Yeah, that's one complaint that people have about the show. Who am I rooting for? Yeah, Yeah. well, that's that's the thing. It's great. It's a great thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I often uh, talk about it with Danielle, and I and I have to say Tom Wamsgans. That's the only time I say it is when I'm, I try and refer to Tom. She's like, Who, Tom? Wamsgans, you know, Tom Wamsgans. <laughs> He's yeah. the only Tom on the show. Yeah. So. Okay, yeah, that never happened, JD, but I just had to make it up. Anyway, um, yeah, that's it's the Beltran ring chasing. It's, it's, it's a good connection. He wanted to run with the winners just like Tom does. And as you said, a lot of shady stuff, when they were found to have committed questionable activities, Tom volunteered himself as the scapegoat. Mm -hmm. And if you remember, Beltran stepped down from the Mets managerial role. He was going to be the manager of the Mets and stepped down after uh, he was known to be part of the Astros scandal when that was revealed. So A big part. part. Yeah, the mastermind, which... Wamsgans is not a mastermind, so it's a bit of a bit of a stretch. But I guess, I guess he does. Yeah, is that what you're giving me a fake? Is he a mastermind, JD? Wamsgans. Wamsgans. I mean, he's uh, he's a survivor. He's he's an ambitious survivor. Mm. Maybe second only to cousin Greg in terms of that, like just the ambition yeah. and the willingness to do whatever. Right. The guy tried to tackle his own uncle at his brother's funeral. Crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I had my head down watching basketball then, but then I looked up. If he tried to make a tackle, 
That's great. Well, he did. He didn't. That's right. Roman gave him hell for that. But oh, he uh, didn't make it. Yeah. 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 Uh, Apparently, it's German, by the way, according to our Chris J. Okay. The Wamsgans. Okay. Good job, okay. everybody. Figured cool. it out. And uh, that would make cousin Greg Jose Altuve, according to Ziggy. <laughs> would, uh, Ernest. Ernest, guys. Not, not feeling that. Joel, because we were looking no. at we were looking at cousin Greg. We did we did so many. We had to cut him. We couldn't do him. I <laughs> we were both drawing blanks, and you were like, "Just move on. Just pick someone else." And Daz, I honestly was sitting there like in my office for like thirty minutes. I'm like, "Okay, cousin Greg," and I wanted to pick a mascot, and you were like, "No, no, no, don't pick a mascot." I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna pick." So moved on to Tom, and here we are. There isn't like we're a good. there isn't like a Bat Boy that was uh, found in the in the parking lot outside of a stadium smoking a joint or something. And they brought him in out of pity and made him a bat boy. And now he's like a manager of the team or something. Like, is there, there's not, not that doesn't exist in the MLB. Not that I can think of. That would be an amazing story if it, if it did happen. Yeah. That's cousin Greg though. Yeah. yeah, There's the Anthony Rizzo story that you featured on our IG account about Rizzo embracing uh, a bat boy who was being ridiculed for being slow, right? Oh, for having long hair. Oh, yeah. for having long hair. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, that's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I listen. The mascot casting was not. It wasn't horrible for cousin Greg. I gotta admit. Um, but yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't lower myself. It would have been all right. Mm. Um, cousin cousin Greg to me is just a useful idiot. Like I'm sorry. He's <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, he's Tess. He's he's the least likable guy for me. I I just don't like Greg at all. Never have. Never will. Sorry. I don't see any redeeming oh, he's qualities. He's trying to stand up for himself. Kinda. I just don't like him. Anyway, so Altuve wouldn't fit the bill then. Not feeling Altuve. Okay. Sorry. Hey, the Bleacher Creatures chiming in. Really appreciate it. They they do like yeah. the the Wamsgans. Carlos Beltran uh, connection. We got Roy, Logan Roy as George Steinbrenner, Kendall, Kendall Roy as Carlos Correa, Shiv Roy as Kim Ng, Roman Roy as Alex Verdugo, and Wamsgans as Carlos Beltran. Let us know on our Instagram account, no underscore Bunser. Jump over to the video on the Athletic Baseball Show YouTube channel. We are there every single week. I can't wait to see what stadium you have for us next week, Joel. You're gonna I'll bring it. it. I'll bring something new. You're going to change it up every week? Every week, buddy. New stadium, new baseball stadium. <laughs> all around the world, too. Yes. Not keeping it to MLB. You're global, my man. Just like Waystar, you are global. <laughs> uh, for, uh, nice. for, uh, for our uh, social media channels, yeah, head over to no underscore bunts on IG. And if you want a subscription to the best sports writing in the world, theathletic.com slash baseball show or theathletic.com slash no dunks. Two bucks a month right now for, again, incredible sports writing on every sport can't wait to see your stadium joel until then for jd for joel we'll see you next time